Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. Yeah, the great. They American- make cables and smiles and snakes, and they make you think there's a snake behind you. And they're the Great American Cable Company, and uh, they're like the pet parrot of guitar cables. They've got a hundred year guarantee. They're gonna outlive you, and your grandkids are gonna be loving those sweet, sweet cables. Go check out their build a cable. A uh, little program there. Uh, I gotta tell you, is this. that an app? It's an. I guess it's an app. Or is it not, like a? Th- it's like a thing on their website. Something. It's a thing on their website. You can't download it to your phone. No. I wish you could. Um, well, you I, can use it on your phone on their website on all, the internet. All I will tell you is I like Canary Cable and Tech Flex does not fit on it, but it fits on a few other options. And if you want TechFlex, which maybe I want, and I just don't know yet because I dude, haven't tried it. Dude, you want TechFlex. It's so good. <laughs> it's really good. All right. I'll let, I'll let you touch my TechFlex cables, and you'll become a believer right away. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I need in like a In like a month? In I like wish, a smash mouth kind of becoming I, a believer? I wish I had pants made out of TechFlex. That's weird. Yeah, like I could just slip, slip it over my legs. All right, this episode is also also brought to you by Chase Bliss. Yeah, Chase Bliss. Uh, I probably got the demo out by now. I really hope I do of the uh, the new version of of uh, the uh, the warped vinyl. Yeah, which is a really cool pedal. I actually got the box in today, so I haven't opened it up yet. But that demo's got to be up by the time this episode's up. Uh, the demo that uh, Reverb did officially with Andy, uh, it sounded great. I yeah, can't we, wait to we dig my got, teeth into this pedal. We just got the Chase Bliss Bork Vinyl Hi-Fi. Yeah, the Hi-Fi. Which is basically their version 2. Uh, we're really looking forward to trying it out, messing around with it with all of the other pedals that we have. We have so many pedals here, Steve. We're going to use them all in so this many. demo, apparently. We're, we are a regular smorgasbord of tone. Oh, my gosh, Steve. You're mixing sponsors. You're mixing companies. <laughs> Steve is still feeling merry and cheery and bright from our Christmas episode. Christmas was the best. Happy New Year, by the way, Steve. Thanks. All our episodes are lining up on holidays. I think this is January 1st. This is Halloween. This is, it is Halloween. not Halloween. It is not Halloween. Uh, yeah, Happy New Year's. It's 2018. I can't believe it. I feel like 2017 is uh, old news by now. We're into the uh, we're into the good good stuff now. 2018. Uh, we can this year can vote. All right, we're done with the sponsorship now. <laughs> Hey, this is Ryan. And Steven, you're listening to 60 Cycle Humpcast, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, mo- fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Man, 2018 is off to a rough start with, with you, Steve. I mean, Donald <laughs> Trump is still president, right? <laughs> Oh man, I, I we recorded this episode a few weeks in advance. I hope that everything is going great. In is that shade we're comfortable with throwing? Yeah, I'll th- I'll throw that shade. All right. I know there's people who listen to us who maybe are tuning out because they don't like hearing us say things they don't like about their favorite president. But I don't know. I complained about him before he was elected on the show, so my opinion hasn't changed. Cool. 
Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm not throwing you under the bus. Me? I don't know, man. She's Louise, dude. (laughs) All right. Do you have anything new, Steve? I do not. Me either. The only thing I got new is the year. (laughs) Hey. Uh, 20. One. Eight. Yeah. We're, you know, 2018 now. I can't wait. We're almost to the 2020s. We only got like two more years. Yeah. Can we make it that long? We can make it. I know we can make it. Is there going to be Olympics this year? 2018 is a winter Olympic. Winter. I got to wait all the way to the winter, huh? It's like in a month and a half, bro. Olympics are the only sports that I like. It's in a month and a half. What are you talking about? That's what I just said. Two months, month and a half, whatever. That's when the Olympics are going to be? So it's this winter. It's like, yeah, 2018 is an Olympic year. But it's going to be in this winter. Stop hurting me. And this it's going to be late in this winter. It's post post Christmas, post post New Year. Yes. Where is the Olympics going to be? The Olympics are like pretty much always in February. I don't remember. It's only every four years, dude. I'm oh, supposed to remember every four Ryan. years. Remember this pot? You know that this podcast is four years old, Ryan. Yeah. My lips hurt real bad. When we started this podcast, it was the Winter Olympics. Now it's the Winter Olympics again. Was it? No. It Was it? Yeah. I thought we started in 2015. We've been doing this podcast four years now. 200, 200 episodes, man. All right. Let's get into this episode. Let's get done. It's already late at night. We've just been like tired and rambling this whole session so here. a whole work day plus this. Oh, gosh. You're, you're right. preaching to the choir here. This ad was sent by the ad zant michael van zant who is responsible for steve's current state of that's, mind that's true because he gave us a big old bottle of kirkland blended scotch whiskey uh, at the this 200th is episode two strats i would like to sell either of these two stratocasters but not both the white one that's racist uh, is a 2014 American. Oh, it's white and it's American. I see how it is. <laughs> uh, like new condition, price is eleven fifty. The other is a parts caster with a Mexican Fenner body. The neck is a 12-inch radius Japanese Fenner model. The bridge is a Fishman acoustic trem model. The pit guard, Jesus. How many parts are on it's this? It's all parts. Every part of it is a part, the Steve. The pickguard is a wired is wired with Tex-Mex pickups and a preamp to blend the acoustic to magnetic. Great, great tones. Great tones, Ryan. <laughs> These parts are all new. I would sell as is for $650 or complete it and set up for $750. These prices, very firm, cash only. Here's what I want to know. Are you going to go my way? Oh, we were supposed <laughs> we to record did that. that. Did or, we? No, we didn't re- We okay. didn't record an official thing. Here's what I don't understand is he doesn't say what's not set up about this that would warrant a $100 price bump. Well, in the picture, it's missing a bridge. Yeah, but is that the American model or is that the parts caster model? Here's my big question with this. Like, let's forget the prices of the, of the guitars. Let's f- forget the conditions of the guitars. Uh, let's talk about the selling premise here of I have two guitars. I'm only going to sell one. Do you think this is a smart, like, selling strategy? I go back and forth. 
Strategy wise, no, it's terrible because he he wants to keep a guitar. Yeah, he just doesn't know. He's just it doesn't care which one, and he wants you to decide which one you want to buy. Right. So from a strategy perspective, that's why it's terrible. Why is that terrible? Because at the end of the day, you can kind of like, well, you want eleven fifty for an American, but you want you know six fifty for this parts caster. How about I give you eight fifty for the American, and we just call it like two hundred dollars up. He's not putting a value on both I instruments. See. So it's like if he doesn't care either way which guitar he keeps, he just wants to keep a guitar, then it's almost like he should only sell the American to get the most money in his pocket. Exactly. Or he should list both separately and just let the chips see what fall happens. where yeah. they may. Yeah. It's not like like people are going to come at the same time and buy them both up. Like one's going to sell before the other. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it does feel a little weird. I mean, I th- I don't know. I think it'll work. I think the strategy works. It's just it weird wor- for him to advertise it that way. It Cause he could, he could do the same thing without telling anyone. Exactly. Exactly. And in that case, like there's zero, well, there's always a chance of a low baller. But low balls are always a possibility. But in that chance, I'm talking and, toilet and, dunking and, balls. In that case, at least like there's no, you're not playing your hand. You're not saying I'm going to sell one or the other. Right, right. If you're selling one for six fifty, I see what you're saying. He's playing it. He's playing his hand. He's not, you know, he's he's making it so that you know he's trying to move something like to clear space. Exactly. And not only is he trying to clear space, is there are two different price points. So once he so he's got six fifty on one, he's got eleven fifty on the other. So the average of that is let's see, we got seventeen divided by two is eight fifty. So if I want want to drop like eight or nine hundred dollars on the more expensive one, if he's actually content with either why wouldn't he take $900 for the more expensive one? Because the more expensive one is worth more. Right, but he doesn't care which one he ends up with. But if he, here's another way to look at it. If he doesn't care which one he ends up with, he probably doesn't care about either of these guitars at all. So he's probably still looking to sell the other one eventually. I mean, maybe. So it's not like he's just going to be like, oh, as long as I get... $900 in my pocket. I don't care. Like he he cares about the getting the correct value out of these guitars. I think his price on the parts caster is ridiculous. I I don't disagree. I'm just saying like overall like the the premise is weak. Yeah. I think what you could do the way that you could work this guy is be like your price on the parts caster is way too high. I could either offer you, here's how you do it. Here's the angle. I could either offer you 375 for the parts caster, or I could offer you 850 for the American. And he's doesn't, he won't feel like he's getting, you know, bent over so far with the American low ball. And so then you'll get an American for 850. Right. So you're just playing this, you're playing his game with both guitars. Exactly. So if he's going to list both of them higher than they're worth, then you're going to offer on both of them for yeah. lower than, well, not, not necessarily lower, but at least like. 
You're gonna make less him, than what he's. You're asking. gonna make him feel like, oh, I don't want to lose half the value of my parts guitar. Right. I'll take a two hundred two fifty hit on the other one, which is you know only twenty percent. You know, I'll take a twenty percent hit on one versus a fifty percent hit on the other. That that makes sense. It's like playing a playing a psychology game with him. Even though in the end you're you're making out either way, right? Well, but you know it you're not making on what it, honestly like three seventy five for that parts caster is fair. You're not making out with that, you're, right? And even like eight fifty for an American Strat, like it's not the best deal in the world, but it's it's it's, 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 it's a, fair. It's, it's a good deal. Yeah. It's a good deal, Steve. It's a good deal, but it's not a great deal. It right. really depends on how the market turns this year. Both of these guitars are attractive. I'm I've never been super into like off-white Stratocasters. I like them. I like them. I'll say it. I think it's a good look. I I much prefer an off-white Strat to a black Strat with a white pickguard. I'll say that. Well, I mean, but and this black... like this white, this off-white, you throw a tortoise pickguard on there, pure class. All right. All right. I'll give you that. He's already gone that way with the uh the other one. That's fair. Yeah. I like that look a lot. The uh, the the brown on blonde. The brown on blonde. Brown on blonde. All right, let's get into the uh, the topic. We're gonna do kind of like a circle around back to a year ago with this episode and with this topic. I'm gonna cover my 2017 amp journey. Yeah, that that, that was your big big game for this year. It was my uh, New Year's resolution a year ago, right? To explore amplifiers like amps I'd never used before, and, you know, explore speakers and explore just, you know, kind of, because I've always just focused on guitars and pedals and just used the same couple amps that I've always had around. Yeah, I think mine was to flip my way to a Les Paul Studio. <laughs> uh, How close are you to that, Steve? I don't think that happened. You gave up on that that goal? It's not that I gave up. I think life got in the way. <laughs> uh, so you started that, spending so your money that. on... On feeding your kids, <laughs> yeah, on a, on car repairs. Um, but yeah, you've you've gone through a few amps this year. Um, I feel like I kind of stalled out a few months ago, but I definitely I I, I would not disagree with that. I definitely worked through quite a few amps. So like, you started with a uh, a PV Classic Fifty, uh huh. And a Fender Princeton 65 reissue. Yes. Uh, what did you pick up this year? Oh, I also had those acoustics that I used those for Those don't count rolls. because those are mine. One of them's yours. The other one is the church's. Uh, I, I stole it, so it's mine now. When you steal <laughs> okay. something and you hold on to it long enough, it's yours. It is It is definitely long I enough. I paid to have it re. I I paid to have it uh, repaired, so it's mine now. I think that's fair. Yeah, for this amp, I think that's fair. Yes, it is fair. But I don't think that's part of your amp journey. No, it's not. Um, because I already had that amp. Uh, this year I bought uh, that Vox Mini amp. Yeah, I forget the model number on that. I the bought MV fifty. MV fifty, the AC tone version of it. I bought an AC fifteen. Wait, hold on. Was it the AC fifty? There's a because there are different versions. No, I bought an actual AC fifteen. Right, 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 right. But you said the 
the Vox, was it the AC version or the... Oh, it was the AC version of the mini one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So then I bought an actual Vox AC-15, mm-hmm. the, a CCI or CC-1. Uh, I bought the Boss Katana. I bought the Fender Mustang GT. Oh, I forgot about that. That's four amps. I bought... Jeez. Uh, oh, I bought the Ibanez TSA-15H. Right. Um... Then outside of amps, I bought a bunch of speakers. I bought a Weber speaker. I forget the model number. Yeah. I bought a Celestian uh, Greenback and a Celestian Blue. Jeez, man, you've been doing a lot this year. That's uh, and I bought and I commissioned two speaker cabs from our friend Cassidy to hold those speakers right, so right, I could do right. shootouts with them. I feel like I'm missing something. Katana AC15. MV50, the Ibanez. Did you I have the I, I said the Ibanez. Ibanez. That might be everything. I think I said, but still, that's eight pieces of gear in a year. That's still a pretty good clip for an amp journey. You know, what? I keep trying to make this candid. Just look at the camera, okay? Let's look at the camera. <laughs> Steve is taking a picture right now. <laughs> oh man, important podcast stuff. So, should I talk about what I've learned or like? Oh, I switched to video. Look again. <laughs> This is good listening here. All right, there we go. <laughs> uh, I mean, I explored Vox style amps more than I thought I would, in that I had that that little Vox head with a micro tube, and then I bought an AC fifteen. But I gotta say, I don't think what I've what I've really learned is I don't think I'm a Vox guy at all. I never use that AC fifteen. I returned the little one because I wasn't happy with how it would uh, go into a protection mode. Mm-hmm. When you would uh, turn it up too high on uh, the 16 ohm setting, uh, and yeah, I just that sound just doesn't do it for me. I'm probably going to end up selling the AC15 sometime this year. I thought I was going to be lined up with a speaker maker who I would be doing demos with the AC15 and do their speakers, but that just hasn't shored out so far. Right. The uh, I think I should cover. The winners of the year, like the amps that yeah, I've been what, impressed with. Yeah, what have with. you loved this year, and what have you been like less than? I think it's no secret that I've had a love affair with the Katana. Yeah, like um, the Boss Katana has been incredible to me. You have been promoting that Katana to the extent that it's almost detrimental to the brand. <laughs> um, you know, there's some people who talk a lot about like Boss, like MS3s. Right. I talk a lot about Boss Katanas. Like, that's um, my MS3. The, the, I is it the MS3? Is I, that the I right mean, number? we have been accused of being sponsored by Boss. I wish. Like, people, what it really came down to is people got angry at me over my review of the uh, the Fender GT40, the right. Mustang GT40, because it was so bad. And it's I am a Fender guy. I love Fender products. I love my Fender guitars. I love my Princeton. I love my reverb unit. I wanted the GT40 yeah. to be a good amp. Yeah. And it just was a turd, a first-class turd. Wait, and hold people, on. Right, right. Was it a turd or was it a turd? It was a turd. Now say, now say cool. Cool. Say whip. Whip. Cool whip? Cool whip. Okay. <laughs> But anyways, the the katana just delivered in every way that I hoped the the Fender would, 
And I use that thing legitimately multiple times a week. I use it for for practice with my church band, and I use it for performance with my church yeah. band. And I I lift it off of my desk to take it to those two things, and then I put it back on my desk right next to my computer, and it's my daily practice amp. I, and I think that's like the craziest thing about the amp is what does it weigh like 30 pounds? It's super light. Um, it's super, and- super light. It weighs and, and much I mean, less than my pedal board. I'll say I, that. I think what that means is that you know, Boss took the time to figure out the 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 uh, SMT side of that and the the digital side of their their amplification, and, and then again with Class D, because like I have a, a sessionette, and we haven't talked about uh, award mm-hmm. session amps in a long time. Yeah, uh, great sounding, compact. Uh, solid state amps, um, but ultimately it's boxy and mine. The session at seventy five, it still weighs a lot. It's just it's small, but part of what makes it work and what they claim at least makes it sound good is that they have a fully fully um, articulated, for lack of a better word, uh, power section. Right. Uh, so it's got like huge, like two huge transformers in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I remember, it's been a while since I've had to. It's been a while because I just don't have a, a need for it. Um, but but yeah, the the katana is really lightweight. It's across crazy, the board. like inexpensive. I don't yeah. even want to use the word cheap because it doesn't feel cheap. But it was it was was it two hundred dollars. I believe I that was the price. The, the Katana 50, and I've never once run into an issue where the 50 wasn't loud enough. I've been playing it with drummers. I've been playing it in live band scenarios, and it hasn't once needed to be turned up all the way. For 200-something bucks shipped from Sweetwater, I can't believe how great this amp is. And uh, an internal monologue I keep having about it is like, is this a practice amp or is this a real amp? And the thing I keep thinking is that what's the mark, what's the indicator of something being a modern practice amp? Right. A built-in tuner. Of all the things that the Katana has built into it, it doesn't have a tuner built into it. And I feel like that separates it from being a practice amp. But it's also like it's... You could get super involved with it if you plug it into your computer and get into the software. But then... As a live tool, like if it's not plugged in anything, it's just super simple. You can find an, a quick and good tone really easy with it. Like, oh, I just need a little bit of delay. I need a little bit of reverb. I need a boost here. I need like a little, I need a drive before the dirt on my amp. Like you can access all that stuff really easily mm-hmm. and be well in the realm of really good tones with it. I, so you're, you're pretty happy with the Katana. I am. Um, and you you think you you will sell the AC15? I think I'm going to sell the AC15 sometime this year. What about the uh what about the Princeton? I'm going to keep the Princeton forever probably. I just love the a, sound of the Just a classic, but you don't really play live with it. No, see here's the thing. The the Katana has become my live amp because it's lightweight and it takes pedals really well and it just sounds good. Uh I bought that Ibanez TSA15H which on that, a whim. Was, that was the other question. I bought that on a whim because it came up used uh-huh. on Craigslist, and I was like, "Hey, 
I've never thought about this amp this way, but it was designed to have a tube screamer in front of it, uh-huh. like dedicated, because there's right. a tube screamer built into it. Yeah, I bet it takes all sorts of other pedals really well. So I bought that amp and started experimenting with it. And it's basically like, it has kind of like the flat range tonality of the PV Classic 50 mm-hmm. without being a gigantic beast that's unmanageable mm. and needs to be turned up super loud. Yeah. It's just a really great pedal platform, just like I suspected. It's a little bit dark, but it's a rock solid amp with really simple controls and it has become a permanent part of my demo rig. Like I don't move my Princeton or the Ibanez ever because I leave them in my room where I do all my demos with mics set on them perfectly, Mm. not perfectly, but permanently. Yeah. Like always in the same position. So they just stay there. But, but also perfectly because you spend so much time. (laughs) No, I don't really. Uh, But, uh, but those two amps in stereo together yeah. has become my ideal demo rig because you get like the, the spanky Fender, like mid scooped sort of thing going on with the Princeton and you get this like strong, but a little bit dark, like flat EQ'd thing from the Ibanez. And when they mix together, it is literally the exact tone that I would use to just record guitar. Like if I was cutting an album again, that's what I would take to the studio. Those two, those two amps. Those two amps. Like regardless of what the studio had. Exactly. Like even if they had a matchless and a dumble. If they had two chieftains stacked on top of three dumbles with, with something on top. To make a pyramid. I, you, just, you just be like, nah, bro, I got this. I got this. No, because it's like I know exactly how to use those two amps to achieve exactly what sound is in my head. They just work together. I can't believe just on a whim I've discovered like this combination that works so well to me. And I used to get comments on my videos like, oh, you should try this different. You should do this different. I've stopped getting comments on my videos about the right. amp tones. Like, That's because all those people unsubscribed and nobody else cares. <laughs> but uh, I've, I'm really happy with what I've learned over the year. Uh, I didn't do any experimenting with swapping tubes, which is something that I said I wanted to do. I just never got around to it. Um, I learned a lot experimenting with speakers hmm. because like I got those three speakers and I was comparing them to speakers that are in other things that I have. And I had, yeah, you had the uh, warehouse guitars. Yeah. And, warehouse? Then two, and then two different Celestians. Yeah. I had never compared speakers before from the same amp. Hmm. It's always been like, Oh, this amp has that speaker. The other amp has its own speaker. Right. Go like using the same amp and then switching between speakers was a revelation to me this year. Like, speakers sound so different from each other. Yeah, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, amp manufacturers have been saying that, like, oh, this speaker works great with this amp. But it's something that... It's like strings. We were talking a few episodes ago, like, ah, strings, I don't know. But then with speakers, it actually makes a freaking difference. Right. Well, do you remember when when I owned a Mesa cabinet? Yes. And we use it. We always we I you know, neither of us had use for a four by twelve, so we would always just use four by twelves for like our uh, our like practice PA. Yeah, yeah. And we had a Fender four by twelve, and then I bought this Mesa, and even the Mesa with a blown out speaker, 
Like literally one uh-huh. of the speakers had a giant tear in it. Um, the Mesa sounded like a, th- I mean, I don't know, like 10 times better. Yeah. That, the, and, the Fender cab was mine. And it was also a turd. twice as loud as the Fender yeah. cabinet. Yeah. So, it, you know, I think for both of us, really, that was our first experience with, with, wow, speakers. Yeah. I, th- I think I've found the amps that I'm happy with now. Mm-hmm. I've got my live rig with the Katana, my light travel light rig. And I've got my demo rig like perfectly dialed in as far as I'm concerned with the Princeton and the Ibanez. I want to continue to explore speakers. Uh, I I put most of my efforts into exploring these British style speakers Mm. with the Celestians. Uh, Like I said, the British thing wasn't really my flavor. I want to like get into different flavors of more like Fender style speakers. So, so Eminence and Jensen. Exactly. I yeah. haven't explored that yet. Is that your 2018? It's not going to be my resolution, but it's like my goal right now. Gotcha. Now that I've got these nice cabs that are matching and I can like easily, I have a system for easily swapping back and forth to see which I prefer. I definitely want to explore that, but I'm probably going to end up keeping uh, the, the green back. Because right. I think that's been my preferred sound between that and the uh, and the blue. I can sell that blue now. Uh, I think I'm going to sell that as soon as I can because I can get like 200 bucks for it or yeah, something. Yeah, that's, like uh, that's a pretty valuable speaker. Yeah, where the green packs are cheaper, but I, I think I really prefer the sound of it. I think I sold mine for 50 or 60 bucks when I had one. Your green back? Yeah. Okay, yeah, those, they don't go for a lot, but no. I, I think it really like that sound – fits me a lot better than the blue does especially I mean, like I mean, matching the, green, it. the greenback is a good speaker yeah. that's not a knock on it no it's not just at all. it's a common speaker it, it really matches well with the what the princeton does like just the contrast mm. between those two really works well that makes sense yeah uh should we get into the next ad yeah this ad was sent by nick white i honestly have no idea who nick white is uh, but that's cool. Thanks. Actually, I think that's that's more cool than usual. I yeah, really it's, enjoy it's more getting cool when you don't know getting someone. ads from uh, people that we don't normally interact with. This is a modif- uh, ukulele guitar. It Ca- may be a ukulele guitar, but what this really is is a gosh dang disaster. You think so? This is a disaster. Uh, concert. Sopra- slash soprano uke neck modified full size Western acoustic. So by Western acoustic, what they mean is jumbo body acoustic electric guitar. Uh, this is on a website for $150. Um, here's the ad. My phone. Turns. Are you gonna try to read that ad? <laughs> it's really long. Uh, it says acoustic electric full size Western guitar slash concert soprano ukulele. The creative process. Um, oh God! Separated the fingerboard from the guitar and cut the old neck and preserved the aluminum rod. That's he the means truss the truss rod. rod? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, guys. I saved it. <laughs> uh, cutting the neck through, I trimmed the old neck down. Oh, geez. Yeah. Reattached the head. In doing so, I also cut and resized and reinstalled the aluminum. Okay, yeah. The truss rod. He's reinstalled the truss rod. I also fused the fingerboard to the neck and modified the nut to hold the strings. The grooves on the nut, uh, the grooves on the nut and base can easily cut deeper and adjust the action. 
This is painful to read. It's really hard to look at too. Like look at the pictures in the uh, the show link, guys, in the show description. Okay, so I'm going to describe what he hasn't described well in his ad. He's I don't care that he took the fretboard off and then put it back on because he just put it back right. on in the right in the same position. He's cut this guitar off at let's say there's a 12th, 10th, 9th, 8th, 7th, 6th. The 6th fret is the nut, which is odd because a standard guitar is at ukulele tuning at the 5th fret. But anyways, he did this at the 6th fret. That's where the nut is. He just cut it off there and then he reattached the headstock above the uh, that sixth fret and put a new nut on. And he also carved away the side of the fretboard, almost like a banjo carve. Yeah, You know, like halfway through on a banjo neck, there's a tuner and then the neck gets skinnier. That's kind of what's going on here. Right. So that it would meet up with the headstock. He actually recommends uh, tuning this to like... Um I don't know. He G- called G-C-C- it GCEA. He called it a soprano and a concert size. This thing has got to be longer than a baritone scale ukulele. Right. There's, right. This guy's tripping. There's no freaking way. He's on drugs to be thinking that. Uh, just from the length of the, the fretboard to the bridge, like this has got to be longer than a baritone ukulele. And then it, you know, basically what you've got here is. A bear, a, a ukulele string layout, but with steel acoustic strings, like bronze wrapped acoustic strings, and a full size acoustic body. This thing is just bizarre. What, what you've really got going on here is a a quick first glance that says, "Oh, that's interesting," and a second long look that goes, "What the oh, hell, dear God." And, and then on top of it, he cut the headstock in half to make it uh, four tuners instead of six tuners. And it just looks like this weird stub on the end. Well, And he, like Takamini cause is he, cause he cut, cut it, off halfway. Because he cut it in half vertically, which means he just cut the top two tuners off. It of looks the, so sloppy, too. It looks like he cut it with a like a jigsaw. I think this might be on reverb. It doesn't look like a reverb ad. Is that not reverb? I'm betting it's like Gumtree or something. There's like a that. cart. That's all I can say. This isn't a reverb layout. But this thing is just the worst. He's asking 150 for it. He should be asking 50 at best. Yeah. Uh, he says that he left the neck a little wide to make it easier for full-size fingers. I will say I've been trying to play my ukulele and my fingers are just like blue. Well, that is a small ukulele. But you 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 know if you if you can't play that then you couldn't play mandolin like it's it's still I've got big hands our hands are almost the same size I've I picked that up mandolin a couple times and like well I'm just not I'm just not used to it right right it's not necessarily that oh it's so small I can't play it it's just that like you're not used to it, compared yeah. to a guitar a guitar or, or a especially bass. a bass yeah uh, it's it's pretty tough yeah yeah. The, the, this this thing is just a disaster. I don't I I think I admire the guy for trying. Uh-huh. This is a, an interesting concept and I feel like a luthier could do this concept right. Maybe. Like I feel the con- the concept has merit is what I'm trying to say. Right. An acoustic sized body strung for ukulele with a full neck on it. 
but the, yeah. like the neck is kind of short. Like I, I, it, what you would result is a ukulele that plays at full acoustic vo- volume. Well, I but got, then it's going to have a tonality that's totally different from a ukulele. Didn't we talk about this a while back? Bad. No, I was talking just I was talking to a guy at my church about it. It's like ukuleles, you almost don't want them to sound too good. You want them to sound kind of plucky and tin canny because right. that's where they live. That's right. where they well, live. Well, we kind of had that conversation too because I was saying like the ukulele that I have is a soprano body and I thought like, oh, it kind of sounds weird and like maybe I would like it more if it was like a baritone or a tenor ukulele and you kind of said like, well, you know, it's kind of supposed to sound like a dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. They're supposed, like I said, 10 can, they're supposed to sound kind of small and plunky and like, but then you think about what instruments they get paired with. Right. In a playing situation, they get paired with a, you know, a slack guitar or they get paired with like a, like a lap steel Mm -hmm. and then a, you know, a bass sound and they fit into that mix perfectly. Sometimes I think about, about taking my ukulele to work and just like playing it at random times during the day. You should. I have a feeling like my coworkers would get super pissed about it. (laughs) Here goes Steve again. Another, another rousing review of somewhere over the rainbow. So going on the ukulele tangent, this last Sunday at church, the youth band, yeah, they're, they're like uh, their bass guitar, their community bicycle bass guitar, got borrowed by one of the high school students. Uh-huh. But the high school student didn't say that he was borrowing it, borrowing it on his two week long vacation. Oh, so it just kind of like was missing. Yeah. And the worship leader who sings and plays bass at the same time was like, I, we don't have a bass. And it's like, I have a bass. You, uh, can, you can borrow it. I have a short scale. Uh, slam. You haven't replaced the strings on I in 10 years. By Slammer by Hamer. And I, as I was doing this transaction of like le- lending it to them and then taking it back on Sunday, I was like, uh-huh. I never played this thing. Uh-huh. And I keep it around just in case I want to do recordings. But it just takes up a lot of space. Just in case you want to give someone tetanus. I know, right? I really just need to sell it. And I was at half hoping that the wor- the youth wor- worship leader would be like, I really like this. Like, Can I buy this off of you? And I'd be like, yeah, I'll sell it to you for 50 bucks. Oh, my God. But I think I should swap that out for one of those Kala ukulele bases. Possibly. Because then it'll be much smaller. I can play it on the couch and actually like practice bass. Uh-huh. And then when I do recordings, it'll record just fine. Legitimately, the the last time I played that bass was your birthday. Yeah, and part of me wanted to give the benefit of the doubt and say, well, maybe I was just doing like a lot of like slidey lead work, and that's why my fingers got all tore up. No, I'm pretty sure it's a string. I never once changed strings. I legitimately had blisters at the end of the night. Really? Yeah. Wow. On on my fretting hand because I was doing like I was doing more like a, a funky lead style bass I right, guess right. so I was like I was kind of like sliding up and down the strings all over the place and my fret hand was just tore up yeah. at the end of the night I think I'm gonna try to like I'm gonna try to talk to the Kala people at NAM yeah. and see if I can work something out and if I can get lined up with one of those ukulele bases. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to sell the slammer mm. because it's, 
I, it's one of those things where like I keep it around and I keep telling myself, oh, I'm going to use this. Oh, I'm going to use this. I'm definitely going to use this. And I have used it on like two recordings. Right. But that's not enough to warrant like keeping it around. Two recordings across like 10 years. Oh, yeah. Over a decade. Yeah. Over a decade, easily. Yeah. And it's like, if I want to play bass, that's what I grab. But if I had one of those ukulele basses, I would definitely grab and that And really, more. if you like really wanted to play, like record a bass, I could bring you one. Exactly. There's a lot of basses I could borrow from a lot of different people yeah. if I wanted yeah. to use a bass. I, c- I couldn't bring you Adam's bass because that's the one that got stolen. Which bass got stolen? The black one, the Squire. The really? Yeah. I forgot about that. That's the one I talked about two episodes ago. When did it get stolen? A while ago. Somebody owes me like a hundred. Oh, bucks. got stolen from your church. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I remember now. All right. Should we move on to the next topic? Yeah. This next topic is new gears resolution. Yeah. This is uh, another. Did we steal this topic? No. We did this topic one year ago and here okay. we are doing it again. <laughs> a year ago, I said by the end of this, uh, the end of 2017, I would have a Les Paul studio. Yep, you don't. I don't. I said I was going on an amp journey, and you I did. did. <laughs> so let's see if my New Gears resolutions don't come true and yours do this year. I I think I need to. I think I need to figure something out that's like a little less. Um, that's a little. That's a little less single. Like that's more of a process. Right. Right. Like mine was pretty open ended. I, I was uh, mine was to revolve just around like buying random things. Yours I, was for a very specific. I, thing. I did read a book this year that that was heavily about like talking about how the process is more important than the uh, than the uh, it's the journey than the, than the goal. It's the journey, well, no, not the destination. It was about sending. I was talking about how when you set a hard goal, once you've achieved that goal, you have nowhere else to go. Hmm. So if your goal is like to befriend one person. Well, once you befriend one person, then you can go around being a dick to everybody else because you achieved your goal. But if your goal is to improve your improve your relationships with with everyone you come in contact with, then that is a continuous goal that can never be right. perfected. Well, it's like you're developing a skill. So so an amp journey is a is a goal that you can always get one more amp or you can stop when time runs out. Well, it was really more about learning about amps that right, I wasn't right, familiar right. with. But my goal, like I either did or I, I either did it or I did not do it. Right. And I did not do it. Right. So that being said, my goal this year is to get uh, a Strandberg, one Strandberg. A Strandberg? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay. Do you have a goal in mind? Like I've been thinking about this for a while. I don't know if you have because I haven't talked to you about it. I've been I, thinking about it because I delivered on my 2017. I've goal. been thinking about this. I lived it every day for Steve. about four hours. <laughs> Is that long we've been recording tonight? Yes. <laughs> do you have something in mind, or do you want me to talk about my goal while you um, feverishly think up something? You know, I, I think my goal this year is to. Um, become a regular contributor to our YouTube channel. Interesting. Um, and I don't know, like I talked about it a couple episodes ago about the uh, the tiny box the tiny box demo concept. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think that could be viable. 
Um, unless everyone on, on our YouTube subs hates it and says it doesn't matter. Ryan only. Um, Not every video is for everyone. But I think that could be. I think that could be an interesting idea. So in turn, that becomes about about having the time, and really, you know, that's when I when I talked about that a couple episodes ago. It was about single takes. It was about doing something um, that just demonstrated what something would sound like, right? In in a very limited context. So I think that's a goal that that maybe I could do like say six demos across 2016 or 2000. That's 2000, a very reasonable goal. 2018 to do, to do one demo every other month of like, which means I would need to make like six gear purchases next year. Or just which do is stuff very that, reasonable. Do stuff that you already have too. Right. Right. Or to say, this is what my pedal board looks like through this amp. Or here is what one pedal yeah. that I currently, or do a shootout between two different pedals that I own that are in the same class. Right. So I think there's a, I think that's a very achievable goal, and uh, and maybe 2018 too to get, have maybe two resolutions uh, is that I get the Fendler up and running. Yeah, let's get that Fendler kick in. People ask about that every now and then. I'm yeah. like, yeah. It's tough because... I want you to bring it over here, and I will go get the fuse. I think if it was over here, I would do more work on it Sure. than in my closet because if it's at home, <laughs> it, it's just it's just harder to work on. So one of my... Uh, one of the guys that I play with at church, he uh, he runs sound most of the time, but sometimes he, okay. he he plays drums. He works for a live sound production company mm. that handles like big things, okay, like really big things. They he was telling me he, he didn't even know that you had a Fendler yet. He didn't know that I knew that what that was, but he was like, yeah, like someone we work with brought this amp for us to fix, and it was a Fendler. And he made a point of it, like Fendler, not Fender. And we opened it up and we looked at it and we're like, we can't do anything for you. Can't, Wait, there's more than one in can, San Diego? We can't, we can't make heads or tails of this thing. <laughs> what in the world? I can't believe there's two in I San know. Diego. Well, you know what? Uh, like the story behind them was that they were... Uh, you know, the GIs were picking them yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like during a the, Filipino brand. During the Korean War or whatever. Uh, so we have a lot of, you know, veterans here. Yeah, San Diego is sure. a big military Navy town. So it makes sense that there would be some here. I, yeah, I mean, I guess, but, so um, I want to hear that thing, man. All right. That's, that should be your resolution. Get that. I mean, honestly, like part of like my slow is that like, well, I don't even have a cabinet to run it through. Dude, I got caps over here. I know you got like three of them. I got extra speakers too. Just laying around. Just speakers laying around. I do. I have that Weber is unattached to anything, and I have an open cab right there. I could stick. Yeah. yeah. I could right. stick it in. Um, so literally all I need to do is go into my storage room, take a picture of the back of it, order the fuse, and then that's like step one because I don't know what all is wrong. I know the reverb channel is shot because – I bet they sell that fuse at AutoZone, dude. But uh, yeah, I, well – Dude, here's the deal. Um, I needed a replacement battery for my key fob for my car. Uh-huh. And I kept thinking, How many years like, did that take you? 
It took me like a, a month. Oh, okay. Or two. Um, and it was it was dying, but it hadn't all the way died. And so finally, I went to Target, and they didn't have it. And so while I was in Target, I went to Am- my right. Amazon app yeah. and bought it. I f- sometimes forget Amazon exists. <laughs> like when I need, when I need, when I want a thing, when I want a no, thing. No, all the time. Like if I'm in Am- a store, like if I'm in Target or even like Costco, I'll look at something and I'll be like, that seems like a good price, but let me check Amazon. And I'll be on Amazon. Like, if there's a better price on Amazon, I'll order it while I'm in the store. Right, I'm right. Like, it's I'm stupid. St- st- if I'm standing in a store and I order something on Amazon and walk out of the store without buying anything, I still say save time because I didn't have to go through the checkout. It's really <laughs> it's really dumb, right? Like, I tell, I tell Melissa all the time, yeah, I really need to go to the store to buy this thing. And the reality is, is I could have just gone to Amazon. Oh, totally. Totally. I'm doing all my Christmas shopping online. This Do we year. need to talk about net neutrality or is it too late? It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. Uh, this is Donald the part Trump where already I, ruined it for I us. Talk about my uh, New Year's resolution. Hey, Ryan, what's your new gears resolution? My new for 20 gears resolution. 21 8. You know, 2018 is when uh, New Gears resolution can go to war but can't buy a drink. <laughs> I thought someone told me years ago that that if you are in the military and you're under 21, you're allowed to buy alcohol. That's not true at all. So they were lying to me? Or they just didn't know what they were talking or about. Or maybe that's like in a certain state or something like that. All right. Imagine you go into a bar yeah. or you want to go to a bar and they're like, uh, ID, and you whip out your driver's license. They're like, you're 18, dude. Like, do you think they're going to be like, oh, but if you got a military ID? Like, I know. It sounded like, 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 it sounded like BS when the guy told it to I'm me. I'm like 99.9% sure. If you want to be in that magical 0.1% that gets to prove me wrong, by all means, someone, I am open to this. Someone listening knows the answer. Just tell us on the Facebook group. I've, I've, because the thing you always... The the thing you always see in like in like social media is eighteen years old is old enough to die for your country but not old enough to buy cigarettes. Right. Well, that in was Cal- the, in California at least. That was the guy's argument. It was like party talk. I was at a party and this is like a decade ago. If I told you the guy's name, you'd be like, "Oh, that asshole." <laughs> but he was like, "Yeah, there's you know there's this law." Is like I've know. literally already narrowed it down to three people. Yeah, yeah, I I believe it. But uh, he's like, yeah, if you, there's this law, it's like if you could die for your country and your military, you know, you're in the service, then you can buy alcohol. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. But I'm, I'm pretty not sure it's not true. You. Uh, okay, let me get to my resolutions. Go. Uh, so, you know, last year was the AMP thing. Yeah. It was all gear-based. Uh-huh. And I just spent a bunch of time messing around with gear. This year is going to be a guitar journey. This year? No, because... Well, I am going to explore a bunch of like cheap guitars just because I found out that's what pays off on YouTube. Like the SL and the Mustang have have just changed the way Dude, like the I do. The SL YouTube. is probably like tripled its value for you oh, on ridiculous. YouTube. I'm not even going to say it's ridiculous. Uh, but I am going to be ex- doing demos of cheap guitars, but that's not my resolution because okay. that's not a personal goal, that's a business goal. Right. Uh, the the amp journey was a personal goal cuz I didn't know about like certain amp flavors and yeah, now I have yeah. a, I have a greater understanding. You never you you still need a you still need to do some little Marshall. 
I do need to get a Marshall of some kind. Um, you like, need to get a JCM 800 so you can play all those, like uh, the, the pop, classic, pop, all those punk songs from the 80s. The classic Marshalls that I would want to explore are all way too loud for anything I do. Mm, that's fair. Um, I kind of like st- the amp training, I stuck to lower wattage amps or like conveniently like sized amps that fit my needs. I didn't go crazy like getting amps that didn't fit my needs. You know? Right. I still ex- explored within what I needed. So my resolution this year, my big one, is I just, I want to get better at guitar, which sounds like so simple, and it sounds like something I should be doing all the time anyways. Are you going to use guitar tricks? I'm definitely, I've already been using guitar tricks, and I've been thinking about this, like, and I've been getting a few comments, like, on certain videos, people are like, wow, your playing was, like, way better on this video. Mm-hmm. And it's because I actually sat and I, like, taught myself parts. I taught myself, like, and I use, I, I don't want to seem like I'm shilling guitar tricks too much, but, uh, We'll probably put a link in the show description, and we get money if you click that link and subs- and you know get a subscription to Guitar Tricks. But anyways, I've been using it because we have an affiliate login, and I totally used it to like, oh, I've got this demo. I'm going to learn a rockabilly style. Right. Oh, I'm going to do this demo. I'm going to learn like like I'm going to expand what I know as far as like blues licks goes, or I'm going to learn like some metal licks. Well, and you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you got like eight different TC pedals. So there are a lot of styles yeah. that you will need to cover. Yeah. But it's like before doing a demo, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll either do guitar tricks or I'll jump on YouTube and find songs and actually like learn parts. And I might not play that song in the demo, but it's expanding my musical vocabulary right and that's really what i want to focus on especially as i'm doing more and more demos as youtube is making more sense for me like financially Mm -hmm. like i need to work on that as a personal goal it's just being better at guitar i needed to expand like how i think about guitar so i need to get into some music theory and part of that is i think i want to have a goal to like you said you want to record Six demos for YouTube over the yeah. course of the year. I think I want to record six songs this year. Okay. Like six like record like home recordings of me either covering something or writing something. But just like get back into recording songs. I'm doing all this guitar playing, but it's all like demos and just like, you know, 30 seconds of noodling here and there. Mm-hmm. I think I need to get my mind more musical. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that wraps up like my resolution. I need to get a, I need to work on making my mind more musical. Good luck. <laughs> no, I, I mean like it's hard. Like I, I think about that, and like I think about like you know I listen to a lot of music and, and a lot of different styles, and and all the time, like legitimately, like I will hear a pop song on the radio. And think this would sound really cool, like as a acoustic, like punk version, right. or as like a slowed down, like soulful version, or whatever. Like you know, every once in a while, every once in a while, I hear a song on the radio that's like it's upbeat, and I was like, this song is upbeat, and it's kind of tricking the listener because, like, I'm listening to the lyrics and thinking this song is like super depressing, right? If you, but like, it actually is like up tempo, major scale. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like even if you left it major scale, but like slowed it way down yeah. and did it like soulful, like you would just crush people, right? And I always think like I could do that, and then I think 
do I really have time to do that? Yeah, and yeah. The, and the answer is always like not really. Well, I've, I've been thinking about this format that I want to do where I like cover a song or write a song and then I make it a gear demo so I can make it worth my time. Right. Where it's right. like I write a song and like every time like a piece of gear changes in the video, I put it up on the screen and I make like a little music video out of it or something like that. So I need That'd to be cool. I need to motivate myself that way to use it as part of like the whole thing that I do. And like something I've been really thinking about, like the angle that is in my head is I really play with my fingers. Right. Like I play to muscle memory. I play what feels good to me. I need to learn more to play with my ears and to play with my mind. And Mm -hmm. that's really what my focus needs to be this year. So I'm I'm going to be buying gear no matter what you know, this year. Ryan, I'm going to be like covering a lot of gear this year. If you work hard, then you could be in Music Radar's top ten best oh God. guitar personalities <laughs> in the world at the end of 2018. Uh, but yeah, this isn't a gear goal. This is like a personal development goal. Right. So I, I'm sure at the end of the year I'll be like, yeah, I'm better now. But I like like I said, I think I need to record like six songs. And I need to like be able to show my work and show that demos are better in a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, how depressing would it be if you got to the end of the year and, and like, it was worse? Wow, I'm worse. <laughs> um, Anything could happen, man. <laughs> I say that sarcastically, but like, I still think that I'm a worse guitar player now, at least in some respects, than I was like ten years ago. Well, it's like. I mean, you're a working adult with two kids, dude. You should be worse. <laughs> no, like you should. Like you shouldn't. You shouldn't be better. It, you know, you shouldn't it, be devoting yourself to like getting better at that. Like I've I've made doing like the demos and like doing my doing playing as part of my job now. Right. So right. it's like if I wasn't doing that, if we were even if we were just doing this podcast and we weren't doing videos, I would expect me to be a worse player now. Right. Well, it's, it's even with like playing at church every week. It's funny because like I've had people come up and and this isn't about throwing shade. This is just this is just what I've been told like uh I don't play electric guitar a lot at church. I uh-huh. mostly play bass, right? But every once in a while I play guitar and people are like, "Oh man, like that was so good." Like that was so that was so tasteful and and whatever like oh like you're like you're like a much different player than Ryan and it like it really works here <laughs> and like because sure. like you kind of like have like a more of a noodler's approach right um at, at least from like a broad perspective and and I tell people all the time and they kind of like shake their heads confused sometimes I'm like yeah that's because I can't do anything else <laughs> Like, so, so when I'm playing like electric guitar, I very much like my lead work sticks to chord centers because I don't necessarily, like, I'm not comfortable with, with, with working a full scale. So I'm like, okay, like I know the, the rhythm part here revolves around these four scales. So on the one of each beat, I'm going to hit like the, the one on each chord. Right. And then work through the work through the scale that way, working around chord centers, and at least in like that context, like sometimes it works better for sure. some for some listeners. Sure, you know, but it, but it's kind of interesting because I'm I thought at the same time I'm like, 
you got you just don't realize that like I'm working with like a four note palette and just milking it for everything that I can. That's all you need though. Like like there's only twelve notes. Right. Right. A scale will only have like eight. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really want to play all of those anyways. Yeah, I can only play like four or five of those eight notes. But those are probably the right notes. <laughs> and if you like, if you stick to those five notes, but like move them around, like it, you're going to be in the right note yeah. every time. I guess I'm and just going to be at like picking the right notes. Yeah, my problem is that I'm so abundantly noodly, and I know where like all eight notes in the scale are right. and how to get to all of them across the fretboard that I just do dumb stuff. <laughs> that's, not, that's inaccessible. And it's like, why were you playing so many notes there? Because I'm playing with my, I'm like I said, I'm playing with my fingers. I'm playing what feels good. I played, I'm playing the, you know, the speed exercises I learned when I was a yeah, teenager. Yeah. Half the time I'm like, can I, can I get away with hitting this note? And like, let's, let's try hitting this you're, note. You're talking about you being, you know, like a slave to the chord progression. Right. I'm a complete slave to the melody of songs. Yeah. Like I can't think outside the melody and I listen to a lot of the songs I'm supposed to be playing. And it's like the lead guitar player is not playing the melody ever right. in the song, but that's all I know how to do. And that's part of being like a surf rock musician. Cause yeah, you yeah. ride the melody. There's no vocals. There's you no are, you, you are the melody. You are the melody. Um, something that my old worship leader said to my new worship leader, as they were like, like passing notes on the team. Yeah. It was like, Ryan will not play anything that's in the recording. <laughs> and if you show it to him and like play this, he's not going to do it. Right. But, but what he does play will work. Like that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and it's totally true. See, I've just been told, you play a lot less notes than Ryan. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. And I've been working on that too. I've been like trying to be more intentional and trying to like play what works instead of just like what I can play. Well, let's yeah. see how uh, maybe, you know, 2018 we'll see how YouTube likes my four notes. <laughs> as long as they're the right four notes, no one's going to be bothered by it. Yeah, I mean, the, like the, the comments that I've gotten on, on videos – as far as playing goes, is like people really just want you to play a chord and let it ring out, right? And they want to you hear hear you play like a slow, simple riff to hear the dynamics of whatever the pedal is doing, right? And a lot of what I play are slow, simple riffs. So. Yeah, as long as you can make it the right four notes, like people yeah. are going to be fine with it, dude. So uh, here's to 2018, I guess. Yeah, uh, let's hit this last ad. Uh, you found this. It's called Martin Ransom. Uh, 1969, dude. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. Martin D1235, <laughs> Brazilian rosewood and collection, three thousand dollars in Cardiff. Uh, there's a bunch of guitars in this, but we're really just looking at this Martin D12. I didn't even screen grab the description. All I screen grabbed was the picture of the Martin, like balancing on this railing that looks like it's looking over like a third story or a second story yeah. balcony or something like that. <laughs> it just looked like this guitar is up for ransom. And if you don't buy it, the guy's going to push it. I will kill this guitar. <laughs> if you don't buy this guitar this weekend, it's getting the shove. It's just like people come up with the stupidest things for taking photos. Like, Oh this, yeah. This photo doesn't even show off anything you need to see about the guitar. No, it's just the side of it. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> 
worst photo. I don't know there's a bunch of other photos, but this is the one that caught my attention. And you can... These, this person has a great view of the ocean, too. I wish I lived in this person's house. <laughs> Especially in Cardiff. I Cardiff is like... Like if there's like a fantasy town I could live to, like move to, if I had it tons would be of tons Cardiff, of Cardiff, Encinitas, just that, Lucadia, that, that kind of like mid North County coastal area, right? The the part of North County that's still kind of like not corporate. Well, it's moving more and more that way. But like 15 years ago, it was still like hippie beach that's town. Less corporate than Carlsbad or Del Mar. They're getting a, they got a Whole Foods like a year ago. <laughs> They got Whole Foods longer than a year ago, dude. Well, they got a new one, like, on the 101. They got a... The 101 is, like, the farthest, like, west coastal highway you can go. Right, And, right. like, that section was all, like, hippie bookstores and stuff like that. And then they got a Whole Foods. You can always move into Swamis. That's my... If I'm ever a billionaire... So, there, there's a surf break called Swamis. This is, like, Deep Geography podcast now. And surf culture podcast. There's this. There's this surf break, a reef called Swamis. Yeah. And right next to it, because it, the reason it's called Swamis is right next to it is the Self Realization Fellowship. Yeah. Which is like a huge compound, and that land has to be worth like a billion dollars now. At least because it's all coastal. You could put like thirty homes on that track of land now and make a mint. But you know whatever like guru guy is still in there like it runs the place and is probably never going to sell it and his followers are never going to sell it but if i'm ever a billionaire i'm going to buy that whole property and that's going to be where i live because <laughs> i that is like my main like surf spot if you're a billionaire you wouldn't need to buy it you would just go there whenever you need self-realization no but i want to turn it into like my home compound one house like I want to have a main house. I want to one, have one ten thousand square. Foot I want to have like I want to have a studio on pro, on you know on premises. I want to have guest houses for my friends. Right, I want right. to host like outdoor concerts there and stuff oh like that. Gosh. I want to you know I I'm a creative guy. I want to have space where I can do wherever whatever I want, and I want to be able to walk to the beach where I want to surf every day. <laughs> and all it's going to take is a billion dollars for me to buy out the guru who runs the place. <laughs> no, what will really happen is because everyone uh, has a price, right? You need a billion dollars to buy out a politician who will claim eminent domain. Oh my gosh, it is right next to the train track. If I can, if it I is. can claim that the, that the 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 state needs that land for the trains for some reason, like a little bit of it, and the rest of it will just sell to and me. And then for what housing. happens is after the government bu- steals the land. You buy it from them <laughs> this is while paying a different politician who will fight against the expansion. Do you know how many people would hate me if I bought that self-realization fellowship? Like, all, all of the people. There are a ton of hippies that go there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the episode. Yeah, this week's episode was sponsored by Chase Bliss. Uh this uh we got the warped vinyl yeah. uh, demo coming out. Well, it should be up already. By now. It should be up already. And uh also by Sinusoid. Sinusoid Cable Audio Couture. Big supporters of the show and honestly, like they make cables correctly. They know exactly how to solder them. They know exactly how to like uh to put them together so that they are strong at the uh, at the plug-ins and everywhere in between. They just know cables in and out. 
we've hung out with Andy and everyone else in the company, and they just have such a lush and rich background in the music industry, like working in live sound and working with the materials. They know how to make cables that get the job done, and we're going to last for a long time. And if that isn't enough, you should support them almost purely because they support this show, which is such a PBS pitch, but it's true. Like you could buy cables from anyone, but do you want to buy cables from, you know, someone who supports child labor? Do you want to buy cables from like planet waves? Who's like, there's no face behind that. Or do you want to buy cables from someone who makes the entertainment that you love on a weekly basis possible? Child labor. (laughs) Like, I think that is like a super, at this point, it's a strong argument for making sinusoid your cable supplier. That's, that's my pitch. The Malaysian Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the Micronesian Prime Minister? If we're, if we're, if we're quoting uh, Zoolander. Was it Micronesia? Micronesian. I thought it was Malaysia. No, because Micronesian is like made up, I think. It's not made up. Micronesia is a real place. Is it real? Yeah. You learn something new every day about Micronesia. All right, let's move on. Uh, this week's song was sent by Tyson Brennicombe. He says, hey, guys, it's been a while. Been a Here, while. Here's a short surf song I made trying to use nice. math rock time changes. I used a stock uh, crafted in Japan Jaguar and an MIM uh, that's made in Mexico Jaguar with Seymour Duncan strat sized lipsticks. Jeez, that's fancy. Uh, my single chain was a Boss PQ1, a Strymon El Capistan. A Maris Mercury 7 and a Fender Reverb unit. That's a whole lot of verb. Uh, reissue into a Deluxe Reverb <laughs> 65 reissue. That sounds like surf rock. Verb on, verb on, verb on, verb. I know, right? Uh, the bass was a Mexican 50s P bass with antiquity pickups into a guitar, into guitar rig. And the keys were a Nord Electro and a Korg MS-20. Thanks for friendship. That's the wrong show, dude. <laughs> Season D sisty. This is from Tyson Brennicombe again. This song is called Panic at Wreck Beach. All right. Can't wait to hear it. Yep. Later, guys. See ya.